The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman grew up with no fuzzy bunny stories of childhood. She was very sick most of her formative years, and no one could figure out why. Doctor after doctor missed the mark. At times, she couldn't walk, and other children were mean to her. When she graduated high school, she went to Israel, where she finally felt accepted and supported. Years later, she finally got a correct diagnosis and a college degree in ancient approaches to healing. Due to continued health challenges, her life can still be difficult, but these days she is filled with purpose. She is an advocate and mentor for other children with chronic illness and is often key to solving complicated puzzles of others' health. This young woman is well on her way to greatness. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Brianna Greenspan. Hi, Brianna. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Annette. It is such an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun, and we have limited time together, so let's jump right on in. Okay, now, in spite of health challenges, you operate at a very high level of contribution. How is this possible for you? You know, I just think about how can I get off self and on purpose? And at every moment, I spend my time doing all the good I can in all the ways I can at all the times I can for all the beings I can as often as I can. And every day, the universe kind of throws different things my way and I get to pick and choose how I can serve. So it's really a gift and an honor to be able to show up in that vein. And do you find that in that vein, there is more energy? to contribute? Absolutely. I think that by serving others and simultaneously focusing on what I need to do in order for me to continue to serve others, I'm sustained. I have more energy. I have more fulfillment. And it brings me a great sense of joy to be able to support others in that way. Okay. So I'm going to dig a little deeper in this because I think there's some more gold here. You're a young woman. So, but yet you have found this purpose and this wisdom at such a young age, which many women do not find until they're in their 50s or 60s. So what do you attribute this awareness that you have? When I was younger, there were so many complications and challenges, and there was no amount of money that could solve the issues that I was having. And eventually, when I figured out how I could find ways to make myself stronger and make myself able to show up in the world, I thought, how could I give back and create that same support for others who are struggling? And so there was really a sense of how might I provide what I wasn't given to those who are in need so that it can shorten the duration of their struggle. And in turn, it brings me a great sense of joy, like as if the struggles were all worth it. I wouldn't be able to support other people or relate or really understand what they're going through if I didn't have those same experiences. And so it's, it's really a blessing in disguise. Well, it kind of helps you make sense of something, doesn't it? That at absolutely. the time made absolutely no sense as to why this was happening to you, for and, sure. And with that, there are so many lessons and blessings that I've learned and that I continue to learn with each episode that I have, with each new symptom that arises. And I'm so grateful because it gives me this, this depth and this richness to life that I, I don't think I would have had and an awareness of how I can contribute. And so I am grateful for all the challenges and struggles 
as there's also on the flip side of that coin, there's also so much good. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you go out seeking them, but if they're in your doorstep, (laughs) you you know, you're not saying, well, I'm really glad I was sick all that time, but it does help you say, well, there was a purpose for that. I can turn that into something good. Absolutely. You know, in no way am I saying bring on the struggles, but I am saying that when I shifted my mindset, instead of saying, poor me, why is this happening to what can I learn from this experience? And how can I use those learnings to better myself and then those around me? Um, It really shifted everything. So mindset is very key for having a chronic illness and for everything in life. Yeah, and I think that's so very wise. So I'm going to continue down this a little bit. So you stated that it's very important for high contributors like yourself to be firmly rooted because without this, the ability to impact is minimized and life becomes a roller coaster ride. So what do you do to keep yourself firmly rooted? Mm, I love that you brought this up. For me, I do something called the miracle morning. And every single day, I give myself time and space to meditate, to visualize, to affirm, to journal, to read, to exercise. And in that time, no matter how much I'm struggling, doesn't matter how I slept that night before, doesn't matter how I wake up, doesn't matter what's going on, I make sure that I give myself, even if it's just a few minutes, to do each of those practices. And that gives me this awareness of where I want to go each day. I visualize the success of the day. I visualize my highest hopes. I have a vision board. And so when I am able to get into that space, I'm more coherent. I'm more aware of who I'm choosing to be. And then when opportunities arise, I can more easily pick and choose what I'd like to get involved in and what I'd like to support. Yeah. And so that firmly rooted has really been a key to you moving forward and experiencing great levels of success, hasn't it? It's been incredibly important because back in the day, I would just, uh, and I witness a lot of people uh, around me doing whatever comes up. And some of those things aren't necessarily aligned with their values. They're not necessarily things that they would pick and choose if they were conscious about the opportunities that they have. And so I'm very aware that the more firmly rooted I am in my own values, the more that I'll be able to say yes to the things that matter most and no to the things that aren't for me. And they might be totally for the next person who gets that opportunity, but it's okay to say no to things that aren't serving me at a high level so that I can say yes to the things that matter most. Yeah, I love that. I think that's very wise. So I'm going to continue down this road a little bit. So there's two ways that you see people show up. One is as someone noble, and the other is someone ego-driven. So what does each look like? And is there a difference in terms of detectable energy vibe that these two give off? You know, that's such an interesting one. I love to identify with the people that I surround myself with the why behind what they're doing. Is what they're doing specifically just to add something to their resume, to you know gain more followers, to get more attention? Or is it because they truly value the way that they're showing up? Is it because they truly value the project they're working on? They truly value the mission. And so I, you know, try to hold myself accountable to getting involved in projects that are aligned with my values so that I'm not showing up in a way that I won't be proud of myself at the end of the day. And 
I try to encourage those around me when they share that they don't feel that they're fulfilled or that they're doing projects that they don't even know how they got into them. I always often ask, why are you doing this? And if the answer is, because I thought it would be good for my following, or I thought it would serve something that doesn't really have anything to do with what I want in life, I often share that there's another way to show up. And it's in a heart-centered, noble way that, you know, at the end of the day, you can feel proud of yourself. So I'm going to dig a little deeper on that. So in between those two, the noble and the ego-driven, what kind of vibe do those people give off? When you're around them, because everybody has an energy they give off. I don't know. I mean, so many people are aware of it. So many people aren't aware of it. But we certainly know when we're in a room with someone that has a toxic energy, we leave feeling icky and tired and, you know, those kind of things. So but what do you see as the energy vibe different between someone that is on purpose and is noble versus someone that's very self-centered and ego-centered? When I walk into a room and someone is living in their truth, in their core values, it feels like you've just come home. It's warm, it's inviting, it's inspiring, it's, you know, it's, it's coherent energy. However, when someone is like just out of alignment, it very much, you can tell immediately. And the energy is chaotic, it's confusing, it's uncomfortable, it makes you not want to be around. And even if someone's dangling a carrot of how great they are and how much they can do for you, I'm very sensitive to energy. And so if I am in a space where something seems off, I just tell myself, maybe that's not the space I should be in. Yeah. And that, and that does take a level of personal awareness, don't you think? Because I think some people are completely oblivious to that. I, like you, am very sensitive to the energy around me. And I can pick up very quickly if someone is giving off negative vibes. And if I don't get myself out of that situation, Brianna, it actually impacts me. I can actually get sick feeling. My stomach will bother me or, or I'll get a little bit of a neck ache or maybe a headache or something. And I'll have to stop and say, all right, what's going on? That's exactly right. Like my intuition screams at me and says, this is not the space you're supposed to be in or lean in. This is exactly where you're meant to be right now. This is your tribe. What you're hearing is exactly what you need to be hearing for you to, you know, make that next move. And so it's taken me years of not following what my intuition has told me and getting myself in rooms or scenarios where that there was a lack of alignment to recognize the stark difference. And I, just like you, am very sensitive to energy and I will feel physically unwell in a variety of different ways if I'm in a space for too long. And that's why, you know, in my miracle morning practice, I do a lot of grounding. I do a lot of centering. I protect myself so that I am ready for whatever comes my way, but knowing that my intuition will tell me if I'm not supposed to be somewhere. And so both are important, protecting ourselves, creating, you know, that energetic force field, but also deeply listening to what our body is telling us. And I want to expand on that a little bit because I want those listening today to understand that if they're wanting to show up as powerful leaders, it's really important they tune into that aspect to themselves because to have high energy, to be healthy, 
all those things, they all play into that, don't they? They mean they really do. Absolutely. Self-care, self-awareness are very critical. And also, I see this vein in entrepreneurship where people will say, I know it all, listen to me. But the truth is, we have such core wisdom inside of us. Our bodies are telling us what we need to know. But if we are not firmly rooted, if we're not aware of this internal intelligence, then we're not even listening. And we're just allowing the external noise to come in and penetrate and, you know, guide us in different directions that might not be serving us. So it's very important to be centered, to be grounded, to be aware of our intuition when making personal and professional decisions, especially big ones. Yeah, yeah. So I I agree 100% on that. So I'm going to go into now and talk a little bit about vibration. To get into a place of high vibration and hence high productivity, my question to you, are regular bubble baths and glasses of champagne enough? Because they sound pretty good. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, love a, I love a good bubble bath. However, when we talk about self-care and deep work, it's not about bubble baths and champagne. The shadow work, this inner work that we need to do in order for us to face ourselves, face the sides of us that we might not like, and really figure out who we're meant to be, that's where the real self-care comes in. And this term self-care has kind of been convoluted in a sense to make it light and fluffy and, you know, sweet. And that's, that's all good and well. I'm happy to have a manicure. I'm happy to have a bubble bath. But that's not where the real work is. It's, it's being mindful. It's getting into a specific state where we're able to tap into our intuition, exactly what we were talking about before. It's where we're able to identify where we are and identify where we want to go and how we need to show up in order to get there. It's all about a competition with ourselves, who we were yesterday. And if we're not growing to be a different and more evolved being day after day, year after year, you know, the self-care isn't being focused on. And that's clear if you're in a complacent state. Yeah. And, and it just becomes a shallow attempt is the way I would see it. That's exactly right. A lot of shallow attempts going on, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah. And and And, part of that is because people are not actually taught what it means to do the hard work. And, you know, for me, again, with this illness, I think I wouldn't know what it means to face these sides of myself and really look within and, you know, evolve how I'm showing up and evolve who I want to be. And what does it, what does it take in order to get there? if I didn't consistently have these struggles that knock me over and remind me that I am just like everybody else. I'm on a journey. I have struggles, but so does everybody else. And what does it look like in order to navigate living life, showing up, being a leader, being courageous while you have challenges? And and, and it is scary at times. We certainly can acknowledge that, but it takes courage to keep moving. It does. And I I think about my friend Hal Elrod, who back um, right when I had learned to walk again 12 years ago, he said, fear and excitement are chemically the same thing in your brain. When you're scared, 
when you're fearful, know that there's a beautiful opportunity unfolding for you if you could just shift your mindset. And so whenever I get scared, I know that a lesson is unfolding if I lean in. And not run. Yes. And not run, <laughs> run. And, and, and not run and not hide and not drown myself in, you know, social media or drugs or, you know, alcohol, com, com, or... complaining. Yeah. Like, right. you know, champagne and complaining isn't really getting to the root of what we're supposed to learn and how we're supposed to show up as a result. And so I've just learned to lean in in that way. A quart of ice cream doesn't do it either, does it? No. And <laughs> so it's pretty good, but it doesn't do it either. <laughs> it doesn't do it. And and oftentimes those types of self-care rituals end up knocking us over for the next day. We you know, we feel sluggish, we feel tired, we feel uncomfortable, irritable. We wake up late, we're, you know, rushing to get to that meeting and if we track the habits and we track the patterns that they the ripple effects of those, we'll see when something is serving us. And we'll see when something isn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I'm going to switch into the business world for a second. So when you and I talked, we both agreed that the business world is often cruel and unyielding. So what have you found uh, from your perspective that women leaders need to do to stay powerful and show up powerful? Women leaders need to find their voice and they need to be assertive and also show up with the feminine energy that you know oftentimes we're we're just trying to mimic the others in the room and we get out of alignment and, and out of our power. And so when we take back that beautiful feminine energy that we all have, we're able to be significantly more powerful, but with grace and ease versus this climbing to the top mentality. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's um I think that's good advice and one that everybody can take to heart because it is confusing for women leaders who are playing, especially in male-dominated spaces. It's it's very confusing uh, how to play the game and not lose themselves in the midst of all that, for sure. And that's part of the reason I'm so impressed with this podcast, because you're literally showcasing what it looks like for us to play the game on our own terms. So I thank you so much for this. I know the listeners are gaining so many nuggets of, you know, how they can show up differently versus mimicking the men in the room at the board. board. Yeah, there's no there's no wallflowers on this platform. So <laughs> would you agree? <laughs> so let's stay in the business world for a second. So in your business, you work with a lot of ego-driven men, yet you never show up small and always come from a place of heart-centered research. So I have two questions on this one. Do men accept you? You know, I I have spent a lot of time, yes, for the most part, yes. And that's because of the way that I'm showing up. I'm vulnerable, I'm honest, I'm authentic. And that's not something they see very often. They are used to a very specific type of character showing up to collaborate or to work with them. And I throw all of that out the window. And so there's there's a level of confusion, there's a level of respect, there's a level of intrigue that comes with the more vulnerable I am, the more aware of what what I need to do in order for me to serve people at a high level, um, the better the results I get, I'll say. Interesting. And have you ever been tempted to play small? Oh, 
Yes, for many, many years. Actually, I spent a large portion of my life hiding, playing small, not really wanting to be seen, not wanting to play that, you know, play the game because I didn't understand the rules. And all of that kind of shifted when I understood a little bit more about frequency and energy and grounding and feminine energy and the power that we have. You think that shifted because of it gave you more confidence? Definitely. It gave me more confidence and more awareness about what my purpose was and how I could serve significantly more people by not playing small anymore. Do you think that there is an issue in our society with women playing small? Yes, we're taught to play small. If we're not playing small, we're playing big on the wrong terms and it wears us out. It throws us off our game, you know, and most of the C-suite executives that I dear friends with, they're the only woman in the room and they are very, very accomplished, but it's draining because the energy that they're using to show up to get those accolades and to achieve more isn't the energy they would hope to show up with if they knew how to really navigate the space. That's something that I really hope that women leaders can learn, that we don't have to mimic our male counterparts in order to gain respect. We can show up as our true selves, grounded, rooted with this feminine energy. And although we'll get a different result, it might be more powerful just digging in that just a little bit deeper. I think when women learn how to do that from a place of knowledge and confidence, they are, it is easier for them to get the response they're looking for. Because when they show up with uncertainty, insecurity, not knowing how to play the game, it doesn't bring out the best in them. And then they start falling into the stereotypes that other people have of powerful women. That's exactly right. Yeah, you've seen the same. Yeah. So before I close, there is one other little question that's been nagging at me, and I'm going to I'm going to dig into this one. So you've not had an easy life, yet you have become such a highly valued contributor to the health industry. So is confidence or courage ever an issue for you as you lean into your greatness? Yes, absolutely. And actually, this this year is is my year of being unmuted because in the past. I've lacked the confidence or the courage to call out the things that weren't serving at a high level. And I just, I allowed lack of integrity to happen. In the past years, I've really stepped up to say, we need to do the right thing for the right reasons, even if it's not making the most money, even if it takes longer, even if it's not going to get you that pay raise tomorrow. And That has brought me so much more courage and so much more confidence. Every time I step up, every time I lean in and I see the results, I'm so impressed with myself. And it gives me the encouragement that I need to lean in more. So that's an ever-evolving process. I know that this year I'll be even more courageous. And it's something that I and many other women are working on. And I applaud all the women on their journey to be more courageous in the ways that they're showing up. And I think it's a lifelong journey. I think whether you are in your 30s or in your 80s, I think you continue to travel along that journey. That's been my experience because I've interviewed women from late 20s to in their mid 80s. And I see that journey continuing for each one of them, no matter where they are. Yeah. And I'm 
grateful for you for giving me and many other women this opportunity because I think that boost of confidence with every single conversation will be able to show up in their professional and personal lives. Well, and it also helps elevate all of us. I have to chuckle at myself, Brianna, because sometimes when I get up and think that I can't continue on with the work that I'm doing for for whatever reasons, too hard, too costly, you know, too much time, whatever, I just pop in one of these interviews and listen to it in my ears. And I think, heck yeah, I can do this. And I get all energized, (laughs) get all pumped up and say, well, golly, yes. So, so yeah, so we need those constant affirmations that we are on the right path. We can do this because there's a lot of negativity from the social expectations that aren't encouraging us to go for and play big for sure. Absolutely. And when, when I think about confidence and courage, I think about the affirmation. I am where I am because of who I was, but where I go depends entirely on who I choose to be. And then I ask myself, who do I choose to be today? Yeah. And I think that's a great way to lead into an opportunity for you. And that if there's anything else about your journey, Brianna, that your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women. I think we're good. I just want to share For anyone who is playing small, who is not aware how to tap into your intuition, I really hope that you guys find a practice that works for you, that helps you feel centered and grounded. And remember to keep shining because the world really does need your light, especially now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And thank you so much for taking time. I know you're on the road traveling. And I'm glad that you were able to get set up and make this happen. And it's just been an absolute delight. Absolutely. And thank you for having me on. You're such a delight and you're such a leader and you're, you're leading with love and grace and showing so many women what it looks like to step out of that catty space of, I need to be better than you and step into this space of how might we support each other because it raises the collective. So I really honor the path that you're on. I'm so grateful that we met. And thank you so much for this. And thank you. And I think that's a great thought to wrap up our interview with so much. Brianna is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. (music) 